Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Got another dude! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-line you, bunch of dudes. Lot of dudes. Yeah! Another dude in the house! Welcome back to the Lot of Dudes podcast, presented by 4th and Dude and Boston College 247. Special edition, off-season episode one. The Mats are officially back on air to discuss the tumultuous past six weeks of Boston College athletics. On today's episode... We'll recap the first bowl game cancellation since Pearl Harbor, a basketball losing streak with no end in sight, a hectic national signing day, the Eagles finally hiring an offensive coordinator, the release of the 2019 football schedule, and much, much more. Matt, welcome back. Matt, it's great to be back. I, you know, I know it's been a little while since we've been on the air, but it feels like this has been a more tumultuous or at least interesting, you know, few weeks than than we've had as BC fans in a very long time. You know, you nailed it, obviously, with the bowl game kind of being the, the focal point there. That has never happened ever. And it just, you know, makes so much sense that it seemed to, uh, you know, come in, in, in the period of time that it did with everything else we had going on. So definitely a lot to a lot to talk about. And, and you know, I hope we can I hope we can cover everything. There's a lot to unpack, uh, particularly on the football side. We are primarily a football podcast, as you guys know. Uh, for those that are new to the program, you know, it's pretty straightforward. We are BC's I think top top rated. Can we say that without yeah, kind of I any think, ratings? Yeah, yeah. I, I think with a, with a top rated, uh, you know, Boston College football podcast. But you know, it's it's been what six weeks or so since we've jumped on air. So we wanted to uh, get into some off season talk, given all the happenings that have been going on. But Matt, before we even talk football. Can we talk about this shit show of a basketball team? That yeah, you have? I know. I, I know. I, believe me, we we we've been you know texting frequently. I know you have a lot to get off your chest here, so, uh, so we're doing I'll, this. I'll give you the floor. We're recording this Wednesday night as we tip off against Louisville. It's what halftime now. I don't know, Matt. I'm not even watching. I, I have a well, DVR. Matt, I'll, I'll help you out here. Uh, so we started the half off pretty good, and then Louisville ended the half on a 27 to five run, uh, which isn't great. So that's a, that's a lot of points. Yep. To, wow. How about that? Um, so, okay. So, so now we know I was going to give you my prediction. Um, cause I haven't watched the game. I have it on DVR. I might go back. I probably won't. Um, but my game recap. So when you're watching or when you're listening to this Friday morning or whatever, here's my official game recap. Cause this is what we do every single time we play a good team. Matt, we're going to lose by 25. Their big man is going to have 30 points, 20 rebounds. Um, we're going to allow 47 three pointers. We're going to get out rebound, out rebounded by 1 million. So just, for all you guys, when you're listening, that's what happened when BC played Louisville without even watching the game. It's like that's magic now. Started, like, that's that's frighteningly accurate. I think. Yeah. That's Seriously, when are we going to call it a day with Jim Christian? You, you guys know me. I love Coach Adazio. I, I, I was, you know, pro Daz from the beginning, and and you know, probably the, the single person in the world that hasn't wavered on that. But it's just the opposite with Jim Christian. What are we doing? We have literally zero chance of winning more than four conference games this year. 
and, and I always go back to the Buzz Williams argument. He turned around Virginia Tech, who was in a way worse spot and, and have made them a, a perennial, consistent ACC contender. What are we waiting for? Why, why are we allowing just the, the absolute pathetic showing that we, we have to deal with year after year after year? It's unbelievable that we're, that we're putting up with this still, and, and Louisville is, is showing the whole country tonight um, what BC basketball is all about. Our record is, is going to go to 0-4, and, and I don't know, Matt. I, I don't know how anyone can see more than four or five games tops in the in conference winning this year. I know we got some talent on this team. We might have some recruits coming in later. Uh, Hamilton might be a good player. Tabs looks okay, but whoa, whoa. at some uh, well, point— I'm going to back you up there. I mean, Tabs looks, tabs looks phenomenal, but otherwise I'll let you continue. I guess my point is, I mean, I'm a results guy, right? And you always say this to me, you know, what? what's Daz's ACC record? Christian's is like— 16 and 59 or something absurd like that over the past five years it's it's absolutely a disgrace and and you know you look at at some of the other programs the way they've rebuilt these these rebuilds are happening in two years you know and and we're on year five now you look at what you know what buzz is doing at virginia tech you look at tennessee you look at tcu jamie dixon right these coaches are turning pitt jim capel these coaches are turning around teams in less than a year and they're right back to where they should be you know competing um, and that's that's all I want. I just want to, you know a team that I can look forward to watching at some point. You know, maybe we'll make a tournament at some point in my lifetime, Matt. It, it's been so long since the Jared Dudley days. So I don't know. There's so many coaches out there that would love to compete in the ACC, compete at the highest level. Uh, you talk about Thad Mata. I, I don't know. Maybe Jay, Jay Laranega, who, who's Jim's son from Miami, who's who's on the uh, the Celtics bench right now. There's so many options out there that would love to coach at this level. And uh, and that's it. I, I, I'm done. I, it, we have to we have to just do something different. Get, hire Spinelli. I don't I don't care, Matt. Just do something different. That's my basketball rant. I have nothing else to add. Um, it's just it's unbelievable. It's gotten to this point. It's unbelievable that we're putting up with it because of a bunch of what ifs that might happen down the road. Yeah. First of all, that was I would say honestly remarkably constrained uh, or restrained for you. I, I, I expected uh, even more, but I think that was very mature of you and a very uh, level headed way to approach the situation. And I completely hey, agree with you. Yeah, uh, and you know, again, I think I think you hit on all of the you know kind of key points here. Again, at a certain point, enough needs to be enough. This is what year five he's had, um, and you know, I think while there certainly has been progress, especially if you look at last season, good things happened. He's you know he he, he has developed talent similar to you know Adazio in the way that uh, you know he had a lottery pick last year. Bowman, at least coming into this year, was probably going to be a first rounder, though he hasn't done himself a ton of favors. Well, I think you think could, about what he's surrounded you, yes, with. Yes, no, I agree. You, you know, he, when you try to do everything on your own, it, it's tough. What I'll say, the the two things that stick out to me, one clearly is the talent disparity. Yes, it's it's getting, I'd say, better. Uh, this recruiting class that he brought in, you know, with Tabs and and Hamilton was, you know, were, were two of the best recruits he's brought in to date. And the class he has coming in next year looks good as well, but. The problem is what we're comparing it to. We're comparing it to previous BC recruiting classes, which under both him and Donahue have been, you know, atrocious. So, yeah, these are good for, you know, BC recruits, but it's not a great recruiting class compared to the ACC, which, you know, should be the goal. Obviously, we ever, you know, we're hamstringing ourselves with the lack of an indoor practice facility and, and other issues. I get that. But especially, you know, in basketball, even more so than football, the talent in New England is is tremendous. And in the Northeast in general. So the fact that we're not tapping into that is, you know, is frustrating. And then the bigger one for me too, you know, I think again, throughout his tenure, as disappointing as it has been, I think there's at least been signs of this team as well coached. They play hard, you know, they're going to work till the end. I never understood that, by the way. I'm not seeing that at all this year, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It looks like these guys have never, uh, you know, 
done a done a shell drill for you know his own defense. Their switching is non-existent. There's no communication. The hustle isn't there. And again, it, it, this has been a problem for five years as well. They play up and down to their opponents, though this year more so down. Losing to IUPUI and Hartford is inexcusable for any legitimate basketball program, let alone playing in the premier conference. But then they also can come out, you know, at least in years past, not so much this year, and then compete with, you know, the best in the conference. So to me, you know, I think that coming into this year, NCAA tournament would have been a lofty goal, but a, a you know, good goal to have completely off the table at this point with the way we've lost our out of conference games. And then again, you know, some of these losses too, we've been up in three games in the last 10 seconds and found a way to lose all of them. So at a certain point, I say the same thing with Adazio, but when you get disappointed, it it all does go back to the coaching. That's recruiting. That's talent. That's that's co- you know development. Whatever it is, so I'm with you. I think we are at the point of no return, and it's just a matter of will you know MJ open up the checkbook for whatever his buyout is. These close games you're talking about are against horrible teams. Yeah, when we play well, a good Providence, team, Providence and Notre Dame, but yeah, yeah, I, oh, but not Notre Dame with like that. My dog six guys. Be, yeah, 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 yeah. There was the six guys dressed. Their three best players were out. My dogs. Uh, my my dog's not even Airbud, but like my dog could have single handedly beat Notre Dame, lining up six guys the other day. My issue with Christian is just in, in addition to everything you just said, he just he, he has given this team absolutely zero identity. You know, we're never going to compete with the top half of the ACC recruiting wise. Um, and going back to Al Skinner, right? Those teams weren't the the most talented, but he got them to play their play to their potential. You know, the, the flex wasn't the most popular thing in the world, but you know, at least it, it facilitated sort of a, a, a commitment to fundamentals and this physical style uh, that made BC a tough out against top top competition. I, I almost liken it to you know, BC in, in its heyday, and I guess you know, going back to the mid two thousands, the whole O line U thing, right? It, it sort of compensates for lacking star players. Uh, we we just Christian's done nothing to you know provide any type of identity or, or, or differentiator uh, in the last five years outside of you know horrendous final minute uh, game management turnovers lackluster defense uh, not being able to get up for inferior opponents you know the, the list goes on so I don't I don't see a whole lot there and I think that despite the you know the you need to hire or, or you need to you know get past the recruiting you know regulations right you gotta you gotta find the smart kids they're gonna they're gonna do okay in the classroom you got people that or you, you gotta find people that don't care about the facilities I agree those two things are, are kind of stacked against BC's favor but you can't tell me there's not a ton of people that wouldn't love to get in the ACC and mix it up against Coach K and Roy Williams and Bayheim you know Tom Crean just took the Georgia job right. They don't give a shit about basketball in Georgia. We can get a top coach, and it's not even about opening the wallet. It's just about giving, you know, finding the right guy, finding someone that, you know, a, a, a proven winner. Just not even that. I don't. And, yeah, and I disagree. Whole, I, I, don't, guess, I don't think. I don't think we're gonna get. I don't think we're a proven winner job. I think that especially at, the at, way at, we are right now, like we, you know, I think we could have been a, a good shot at um, at Curly or Hurley, whatever the the now the UConn coaches. He was on was my list Rhode too. Island, yeah, right. Like yeah. that's and and that, but to be honest, I feel like that's almost our ceiling because we're not gonna get you know a power five coach, for example. Obviously not. Um, so we kind of need to go to that a ten level. But even, you know, like UMass a couple years ago had a tournament, you know, a couple tournament teams. Like, why not look to something like that? I don't know where that guy's ended up now, but. Look at uh, Jim Capel at Pitt. Well, let's grab uh, Jeff Capel. the guy. You keep, you keep saying Jeff. Jim, it's Jeff. I said Jeff. You said Jim. No, you said Jim both times. Are you sure? Yeah. It's all right. Are you sure it's not Jeff? Now I think it might be Jim. It's like definitely Jeff Capel. I was thinking Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
Well, anyway, grab a, grab another Duke assistant. I hate the guy, but grab John Shire, right? He's Coach K's number two. Just grab someone. Do something different. I don't care what you do. Just this isn't working. Y- yeah. Um, and this is this is directed at, at Martin. Uh, I know everyone got on him unfairly about uh, Adazio, and we'll get <laughs> we'll get to football in a second. But uh, I don't know. And, and they they won't do anything midseason, right? If anything, you know, if this continues, it's going to be probably at the end of the year. But I don't see how if we go what four and fourteen in ACC play. And which I think is a stretch, even. But yeah, I, I yep. I'm with. Well, there's enough like Wake Forest and Georgia Techs that you know are, are just terrible, right? So um, I don't know. We'll see. But I think four and fourteen, you got to make a move, and and you know, because because Bowman's gonna leave after this year, so then you're pinning the entire program on Tabs, well, Ham- Mitchell, Hamilton, and Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton developing into the recruit that he was, and you know, Tabs who seems to be inconsistent, at least in my mind. Um, but I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't seem like we're, we're all that close. So why not blow it up and rebuild in a year? Like some of these other programs are just, you just got to find yeah. the right guy. Yeah. Here's, here's what I'll say. And just to, to wrap it up, I think a, you know, what did we expect? This was like such a classic Bates hire. And I think you can make the argument with Adazio as well, but going to like a Mac school with a guy that really had no track record of winning. He was at TCU and didn't really do anything spectacular there. Didn't really do much at Ohio. He might've won their conference one year, but again, you know, we're talking Ohio, so it's kind of what did you expect? And, and I think we've, we've all gotten what we were expecting. We were all were underwhelmed at the time of the hire, kind of opposite of Donahue, which like, I think everyone was like, that was a home run hire, which obviously didn't work out either. Other thing, our next head coach needs to wear a suit and tie. Matt, this is now two coaches in a row. Donahue, uh, just, you know, kind of wore the business casual and Christian goes with the suit, no tie. Three, cause Skinner used to rock the turtleneck. It, it, well, he would, but he would also do the shirt, uh, the, the shirt and tie a decent amount, men's clothing of water. I think non conference, he would do the turtleneck. I think you're right. Okay. But I, but you look at coaches around the country, uh, Jay Wright, all the tobacco road guys, Coach K, uh, you know, UNC, everyone. Calhoun did it. Bayheim does it. The great coaches all wear suit and ties. I think Buzz Williams is a suit and tie guy. Clearly, there is something to that. Um, I don't know if it's a professionalism or the way you carry yourself, but what JC is doing, what Donahue did is just completely wrong. By the way, Donahue is having like an all-time year down at Pitt, uh, beating Villanova Penn, and a couple of big – like are we, are we serious right now, man? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, go- I'm going to the, uh, the Penn Temple game on Saturday. I'm putting my mortgage on uh- – on pen. Yeah. But anyways, that's, those are my, those are my two cents. I agree. It's time to move on. This is, I think a completely lost season at this point, especially if we, we were up like 10 in the first half to Louisville and I, I haven't checked, but I'm assuming we're going to lose this game by 20 or Matt, 30 I points. Out. No spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. I also gave you the game recap. You gave, so. you gave you the recap. So yeah, you already spoiled it. But, but you're right. That's, that's the state of, of BC basketball. And not good. I, it's, remember the days of, and you, I know you were a Georgetown fan, you know, growing up right before your BC days. It's the same deal. You know, every single year you would expect to see them in the tournament. Um, that's how BC was in the, in the mid 2000s when I was a fan. And it's just, it sucks that, you know, March is now just another month. And I guess UVA is my squad because I love Tony Bennett and everything they Suit do guy. is everything we should do. Yeah. It, and it's, man, we just, we're so easy to game plan against. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Just, just shoot threes, have a big man and grab rebounds, and that's it. And that's that's literally you remember, how you remember, beat BC. Remember, like right at Christian's first couple of years, like in all the press conferences after the games, all the other ACC coaches were like heaping praise. They're like, "This guy, look, this guy's going to turn it around. He's yeah. a phenomenal X's and O's coach." And I think everyone bought into that and got excited about it. Potential conspiracy theory: like, what if coaches are just doing that because they're like, "Hey, this guy I know sucks," and BC is a you know former Big E school. Uh, in New England, like a potential sleeping giant. Let's make sure they stick with a 
awful coach for as long as possible because it almost feels like that. Like we're seeing this now and even Tony Bennett, you know, in his after they beat us by 50 uh, last week was like, yeah, you know what? Like they're still doing a lot of really a lot of things good. Stefan Mitchell was out like the team goes through him. But anyone could have been out if Tabs was out or, if, or you know, God forbid Bowman was out. They'd say that it's almost like they're intentionally, you know, building them up here. So I don't know. I think we got to move on because – uh, there's really nothing positive to talk about here. And, and we do have some exciting football topics to, to get to, uh, exciting, if not, you know, interesting. So any other, any closing thoughts on hoops or you want to get no, right I'm into done. it? I'm done with hoops until, we, and it's, it sucks. I'll just close with this. It's just, and I already touched on it, but you know, it, it's nothing better in the world that like March Madness is my favorite thing on planet earth. And to not have a dog in that fight for 12 years running now, is that, is that the right number? I mean, it's just, since right, we were yeah. seniors in since high seniors school, in high school. Yeah. It's insane. So I don't know. I'm, I'm in a weird spot with the program because I, mean, I always nine, root, ten years. Yeah. I root for them when they're on TV, just because that's I, I can't root against them. But it, I'm in a weird spot because I really I don't see the point of of rooting for them to do well. I root for the players, but you know I almost think we need you know sort of addition by subtraction here. We got to make a change. So um, I'm glad we're on the same page there, Matt. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a nice two. that's a nice change of pace, by the way. Yeah, I don't think we were ever is. on the same page except for like week one where we're predicting fifteen and zero. But I, exactly, and actually, good foreshadowing there, Matt. True. Um, and again, so if you're new to the program, this is pretty uh, pretty intuitive, but we have a couple segments here. Um, we do dude or pood. Dude, obviously, is when something good happens. Pood is when something bad happens. Um, so po- that was my official pood there, Matt, is the entire BC basketball program under Jim Christian. Okay, I'm going to co-sign that pood, obviously, and then I'm going to toss in uh, another one while while we have you um, on the pood note. Going to go with hockey. I think we still stink. I'm going to kind of tread somewhat carefully here because I'm not really a college hockey guy. I I'm a firm believer in, in BC hockey is just like the biggest crutch that we have as an athletics program. And that if we had a good basketball or football program, no one would care about it. Um, that's kind of my opinion on the matter. But I know if, we beat Providence on, no, so, uh, maybe not Providence. We so, won, we beat someone on Friday night. Big yes, win. So I think conference we're back. play. So conference play has been much better. We're seven, two and two in conference play, but we still were zero and eight out of conference. Uh, again, I don't know enough. Like we're seven. Yeah, do those games not matter. I don't know. We're seven and 10. Like that to me doesn't seem good, but like we're third in hockey East. Here's we what I will hiring, say. We are hiring a, a hockey correspondent. If anyone knows anything about hockey. We're working on it. Um, yeah. Please let us know. We got it. We got a couple, we got a couple of resumes in. Um, here's what I'll say. If it continues negatively and let's say we don't make the tournament this year, which again, I have no idea whether or not it's going to happen. Uh, is it time for Jerry to hang them up or at least thinking about it? And no. I'll say, I'll, I'll say this too. You know, I think that the whole concept of it is like so taboo. AJ Black had a tweet probably a week or two ago, saying kind of the same thing. And like everyone ripped him apart, which I thought was absurd. We haven't made the tournament in two years. This, you know, and and I think when you look at it, it's possible that both of these things can be true. One, Jerry York is the best coach in both college hockey and BC athletics history, period. No argument there. Um, he could go out and have 15 more losing seasons and there would still be no argument. But it can also be true. And it's okay to say that, look, he's pushing 75 the game has probably changed a little bit, both you know on the ice and in terms. We won of the recruiting. title like five years ago. I don't I think it's changed that. that much. But 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 what worked five ten years ago might not work today. And and you know from hit from his perspective, wouldn't you rather him go out on his own, still great terms, you know, rather than push this an extra five years of maybe two tournament appearances, and then it just kind of gets awkward, and no one wants to ask him to leave, or and it's like on the other side, let him go, uh, let him slip maybe- peacefully into the night. Yeah, or maybe he had a couple, you know, a couple dud recruiting classes, right? Kids that didn't pan out, for right? But maybe because recruiting is different, and, right? It's, it's maybe, a different game now. Yeah, but maybe you know, next year they go undefeated, right? 
Well, he's well, maybe, earned the, Matt, he's, maybe he's, Jim Christian goes undefeated next uh, year. Let's, now, you're, now you're talking crazy <laughs> here, Matt. He's he's earned what he's been coaching for forty years. I just I don't even think you say something like that because it's That's so ridiculous. I agree. He earns the right no, to leave he, on his own terms, and and, he, and, I mean, and he, he knows should never when to get hang fired. Him he knows I hope when he does. Hang That's all I'm going to say. I hope he does. Anyway, again, caveating that with I don't know much about hockey, but that's my two cents from the uh, football uh, football lens of what's going on on the ice. I was a great pond hockey player. I do think that needs to be shouted out. And I also won an intramural hockey mug. Uh, My senior year had the game winning goal. What was your plus minus? During intramurals, Matt. So I didn't get a lot of ice time, but I happened to get on and I got a goal. So I'd say, honestly, I was probably plus one. Um, Shout out to uh, Frank Nemia, that's Siv, who gave up the uh, the goal in the championship game. Um, So that's my pood. Anyways, uh, now I guess football talk? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk football. I I think that went on more than we thought. It did, man. Um, That dragged. And there's like... We have so much football news to cover. Let's try to hit it quick because it's news. You know, there's not a lot of opinion on a lot of it, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's just funny because, you know, up until this week, right, it was all pretty much negative. PC was taking hit after hit after hit stemming from, you know, coming off of that three-game losing streak, right? Um, it was a pretty tough off season. And, uh, you know, fortunately, we got some of it back with, you know, the offensive coordinator hiring that everyone is, you know, rightfully stoked about. But before we get there... I don't know. Where do you want to start? The bowl game? Well, actually, I want to hear uh, – again, I think we knew this episode was going to be a little bit all over the map. I have two uh, two dudes that I'm going to do that are not BC football related. I know your dude is all going to be on alumni field. This is it's a, it's a BC podcast. What could it possibly be about? Well, I got a couple things. I mean, you want to hear them or do you want me to do it now or do you want to wait? Yeah, just get them over with. Let's okay. do it. So I got two of them. Real quick, Lady Hoops. Got to give a shout out to these girls. Been on this oh, that's bandwagon right. that's B- for a that's while. That's BC related. Oh, no, okay, that's fine. BC related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, you were not. going completely off the no, map. No, 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 no. So okay. they're both BC related. So uh, been on this for whalers for a while. or astronauts or well, something not, like that. I'm, I'm not great on the on. Well, I love the whale, but I'm not great on everything that's going on with them in the news with Carolina. But again, I will save that. Um, so the, the the Lady Eags are 13 and four, two and two in conference. Phenomenal start compared to where they were last year. And I think this is the best start since I was on the practice squad, which would have been nine years ago. And I think they made the tournament that year. Whatever. It's their best year in a while. So shout out to me um, for that. And also shout out to the new coach who has like, just been a phenomenal uh, change. And also shout out to yeah, uh, Director of Ops. Yeah, Director exactly. of Ops is, uh, yeah, we're is well a connected. Dude, so We're well connected with the, with the Lady Eagles staff. Uh, mini pood here. I was supposed to get on the the court uh, over Christmas break. I, I was I had it all lined up. I had you know the inside uh, the inside man that was going to let us in. We we're going to hoop it up for a little bit. Didn't pan out. Um, I, I had brought up my my John Oates two point which are like they're, they're kind of like Jordans, but they're they're Reeboks. You you um, should not. But, those shoes are literally seven sizes too big for you. Yeah, they're thirteen, so I'm a twelve. So oh you know, god, I, I squeeze world. <laughs> I squeeze your fiance is not listening, buddy. You don't have to you don't have to hype that up. That's borderline inappropriate now. Um, all right, let's. Are we done? Can we talk football now? Or mm-mm, mm-mm. no? Okay. One more. Um, so bird box. Be quick. The, yeah, this will be quick. Bird box uh, obviously has taken the world by storm since we've last uh, recorded the Netflix movie. It's gone fully viral. Um, Matt, this is a credit to you. You were red hot during the Notre Dame game with bird box memes, and I've thought about it. I think we should exclusively become just a BC bird box uh, meme account on Twitter. It is so relevant to Boston College athletics. The main two, obviously, are the blindfold, which equates to like all of our coaches all the time. Is there time. another one? Is there is there multiple memes? Yeah. So, the, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the movie and I don't want to spoil it, no, but there's no. a scene where I'm like, so the whole idea is that everyone like, I won't spoil it. Well, like it happens the first 10 minutes. Everyone like wants to kill themselves pretty much. They see something terrifying. They want to kill themselves. So there's like one where a girl is smashing her head against a glass window and it's just bleeding and bleeding. So I think like that would be a good one when it's like 
when we run on first down for the 15th straight possession. And then you hey, do a, a gift we there. We got a new offensive coordinator. We do, but I'm out. saying if this, you know, progresses. So I think I'm all in on Bird Box memes. Again, huge credit to you. Have you seen yeah. the movie, by the way? Or are you no, just kind of going? Okay. No, I'm just, I'm very internet hip. Yeah. And uh, I saw it going around. And they, they, Matt, they, the haters said that I wouldn't go back to the, the, the blindfold meme a third time. <laughs> and tell you what, I, I proved them wrong. That's so, the rules uh, of comedy. After two, it's not funny. Three exactly. is when it gets funny again. Exactly. Yeah, so. Exactly. Shout out to The Resurrection. Got a retweet. Kind of went viral. We've been going viral a Love lot those lately. Guys. All right, Matt, let's switch gears here a little bit. We've covered all the negative stuff that uh, is surrounding BC Athletics right now. Uh, let's talk football. And, and it's funny because up till uh, about a couple days ago, it was all bad for BC football as well. Um, what do you want to start with this? Should we, should let's we start go, with the, let's, yeah, let's go chronologically. So let's start with the bowl game. Uh, I think okay. that, I think that the thought was that if there was a full bowl game, we were going to do another episode and actually do a recap, but there wasn't, there was seven minutes. This to me was, well, it was 10 minutes. It was like nine, nine forty seven. Yeah, I know yeah, this cause sure. I, I did the, I did the extrapolation math. Yeah, you, that's right. It, 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 this was like the, this would have, this was so much more frustrating than if we, you know, finished with five wins and didn't make a bowl. And, and the reason is because, we looked absolutely – well, two reasons. One, we looked absolutely phenomenal. Second was like, you know, just the logistics of it. Like I was so excited the day after Christmas to, you know, fire up the TV at noon and, and you know, watch it for three hours of leftovers and all that. Matt, I've never seen Boston College football look as good as we did than in those first 10 minutes down in Dallas. I know we – you and I are like known for hyperbole. Uh, we definitely, you know, exaggerate things. But I'm like being 100% serious. I think that if we played the entire game – we win at least 70 nothing. We were so much better than them. It was an amazing reminder of what a healthy AJ Dillon looks like, which, you know, just jacks me up for what, you know, next year is going to be like. But going into that game, uh, you know, I, I think we were all pretty down, or at least everyone except for you is pretty down on the state of BC football, the, the way the last three games, you know, tasted. That was what I needed. It was like a shot in the arm. Um, and now I cannot wait to, to see what these guys can do next year with, again, a healthy AJ, Tony touchdowns and in perfect form. Uh, and as we'll get to in a little bit, hopefully, you know, exciting new, uh, exciting new game plan. Yeah. You texted me something funny, like five minutes in. I, I don't know if you said it word for word, but you said something along the lines of, all right, Matt, I'm officially back. I'm back on Coach Adazio. 15 you know, and up. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right, though. I mean, I mean, and Daz, Daz is Daz, right? And you never know who's going to show up, but that first 10 minutes of that game was all BC. And, you know, BC, you never know what's going to happen the rest of the game, obviously. We're not going to say we're, we're automatically going to win, you know, but if you, if you do the math, and I'm, you know, I know you're a math guy. We we're going to win that game 42 to nothing. AJ Dillon was going to have six touchdowns. That, that's the extrapolated math. That's a fact. BC looked absolutely in control after a very underwhelming pre, uh, previous three games there. So, uh, it is a shame that we don't get the win in the win column. And, you know, eight and five would have shut up everyone saying, Oh, the seven win ceiling, which is I don't, such know, a that, myth. I don't know that it would have shut everyone up, but, you know, but, it, but if they came out and beat a top 25 team 15 to nothing, that's different than if they won, you know, whatever. 21 exactly, to yeah. 14 but it would have been an absolute statement when you go into the offseason with some momentum you know i don't know if we see some of the the flips in the recruiting you, you probably still do i think none I, of them, yeah i think you do none of them the, really you know personal to, to bc right? was was State the minute he got a look from yeah you know, from the buckeyes no question there agreed agreed 
but it was it was just something that PC fans sort of needed after the bad taste in our mouths, mm-hmm. um, the, the three games prior, particularly after Florida State and then not showing up against Q's. By the way, check out the, the Q's recap. It was an episode 12, whatever it was, our, our, our last episode, where uh, we're Matt singing a very different tune as, as far as uh, the state of BC football and whether Dash should keep his job or not. But we'll, well, uh, I mean, we'll, I, we'll keep I, it positive now. Yeah, yeah. We, we will keep it positive. And again, my New Year's resolution was to stop getting so worked up about a, a underwhelming athletics program, which, you know, is, is working for basketball. Like, I just, I feel nothing uh, anymore with, with these performances. And with football, kind of the same thing. I'm going in with the, hey, let's enjoy it. We're going to go 15-0. That's a fact. But if we don't, you know, like I'm not going to go comatose like I did, you know, after the Florida State loss this past year. So we're going to work on that. But yeah, I think then moving on from the bowl game, we'll just touch very briefly on signing day. We're not recruiting guys. We've never been recruiting guys. Our guys at BC247 over at eagleinsiders.com are the best in the business when it comes to anything to do with, with BC football recruiting. So they, you know, had everything covered there, but it's at least worth noting, you know, the, the numbers are always underwhelming for, you know, whenever reason you look at, you know, BC recruits, a lot of that is just the way the services work. Like if a guy gets recruited by Alabama, he automatically goes up a star, basically vice versa with BC. Um, but I think that this is a really strong class and, and probably Daz is strong as he's had so far. So we're ranked 11th in the ACC, which obviously is not great and 54th nationally. But again, I think that speaks a little bit to, to a flawed system. 18 commits, all three stars on 24-7. But who really cares? Because A, the stars don't matter. And B, a couple of these guys were four stars anywhere else if you do care about the stars. Uh, we're the, talking about we're talking about high school kids. Yeah, exactly. The stars I mean, are, Keekly, Keekly was a three star. Matt Ryan was a three star. So I don't put Hamp. I think Hamp had zero stars. Yeah, Hamp he didn't was, have any stars. He was not recruited. Um, but you know the big guys we got. Patrick Garwa is like the best running back in the state of Pennsylvania. Sam Johnson the third. This guy is going to be an animal after Tony touchdowns gives him the reign after a you know Heisman winning senior year for him. Uh, Shitasilla, great name, great player. Bug Sebastian, Bryce's brother, um, or Brandon's brother. Which one's on the team now? Bryce or Brandon? Brandon was our cornerback last year. So now Bryce Bryce slash Bugs is the wide receiver coming in. So a great class all the way around. Again, we're not recruiting guys. Matt, I was so confused when I saw these tweets rolling in middle of December. Because isn't signing day always like February? But they moved it up. This was the first year they moved it up. So I was... Now they got the, the two windows this year, I right? couldn't figure out. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what was going on for a little while. So it speaks to our knowledge here. But talk, overall... Talk to 24-7 about, about talk those guys, 24/7. right? 24-7. Yeah, please. That, don't come to us. We just we physically have to mention it. Excited and, and, and you know, very uh, very excited for all these guys to, to get to the heights. Yeah, you hit on everything on my list too, Matt. You know, I think that the big two, as you mentioned, are Garwo, who I think could be... I don't want to say the next A.J. Dillon. That's not possible. Um, but he's very much in that mold, and I think we're going to you know, be solid at the running back position for a long time, which is right up Daz's alley. All we need to, to keep going is all on you, and, and, and you know that's why these kids come here. So it's great that we're still getting you know that high level of talent. And then you, you touched on the other kid too. Sam Johnson just looks like an absolute perfect QB. Uh, I don't know why he's not getting offers from Alabama. If you look at his, his high school tape, maybe it's not a competitive division. I don't really know, man. He had a Mich- I mean, he had a Michigan offer, did he not? That's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he I, had some big schools. Like th- yeah, yeah. And, and I think it does speak, you know, again, to give your boy credit, Adazio and the rest of his recruiting staff, like the guys that we're recruiting now, if you look at their offer sheets compared to the guys we were recruiting you know, even like Daz's early years or the Spaziani years, like we used to be getting guys over like UConn, UMass, and Stony Brook. Now yeah. we're getting guys like, over yeah. Ohio. You know, guys we'd always, taking, we'd always right. beat out Ohio. Guys for are some taking, reason. like obviously we're going to lose to Michigan most of the time, but guys are are still coming to us. I mean, AJ Dillon did it obviously, and then beyond that, you know, we're beating out you know Purdue. You know, I mean, even Rutgers, but like Syracuse, mid tier to low tier Power Five, but that's still so much better than than where it was. Yeah, and and. and 
at the end of the day, I want the kids that, that want to be here that understand, you know, what it's, what it's like to be a BC Eagle, you get the education and all that. Um, but put a bookmark in, in this episode, folks. I, I think three years from now, we're going to be calling Sam Johnson, uh, for sure the best quarterback at BC since Matty Ryan. Uh, no question. Can't wait to see what he's going to do. Check out his high, his, his high school tape. It's, uh, he's absolutely electric. Um, so all in all, you know, I know we lost a couple guys. Eichenberg, who was just scared because he wouldn't start at linebacker for this team. We got too much talent there. Uh, Marvin Ham would have been a sick name, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, uh, but overall, I, I think it's a win. You know, BC always develops players better, you know, as, as well as anyone in the country. Stars don't matter. You play beyond your stars at this school. So, uh, moving on. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think from there, then obviously the next logical move is getting into the staff changes. Uh, there were, I'd say two, I guess, ultimately big ones. Obviously, Campanelli heading off to the land of no Italian food. Can't yeah, blame that him. was a that was a tough day for me. What was it last Friday? Yeah, yeah, we lost uh, we lost Campanelli. I was I was I really thought we were going to hold on to him. I thought yeah. he was all in on kind of the Daz uh, you know school and, and I mean, ready Michigan, to be DC for the long term. Michigan but. and Harbaugh is a t- that's a tough one to to turn down. So I cannot blame him whatsoever. And by the way, I mean everyone's saying it, so this isn't like a hot take. Like he is he is the perfect mold to come back as a BC head coach in a couple of years. Yeah, no, no question. And you know, he just, he seems like a guy that th- this isn't the, the, you know, his, his final chapter at BC. I, I think we'll see him again in the near future. Um, but shout out to the new OC who again, we'll get to, but he's got some strong ties in the recruiting uh, of New Jersey uh, in Bergen Catholic region. So uh, I, hopefully it doesn't drop off too much, but you can't understate Campanelli's importance in recruiting. So that will be a tough loss. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and, and you know, I think the players loved him and obviously he got a ton out of the defensive backs over the last couple of years. So, you know, I would have loved to have seen him get the promotion to defensive coordinator. And, you know, I thought, cause I thought there was talk about Reed retiring. Maybe there still is. I don't know, but but I guess then should we just get into the offensive side of the ball? Obviously, Leffler took the job to head coach at Bowling Green, which, you know, honestly seemed a little surprising. But I guess if you're Bowling Green, you know, a, a power five assistant is like kind of as, as good as it gets. Um, I thought Loeffler did a, did a great job for what he was, you know, asked for. But, you know, he certainly wasn't program changing or anything like that. So certainly yeah, wish him, wish a, him well. That, but that was a head scratcher. I'm yeah. with you. I, I mean, mean, I think it's still, I think, it's, I think, I the think Mac it's, is a legitimate conference, Matt. Like, it that's, is. that's to but be Bowling a head coach. Green, a, Bowling Green ha, uh, used to be good and then they had like the worst hire in history. I think they were the school where the guy hired a co- the president, like, Googled who has an exciting <laughs> oh, offense. That's right. Yeah. And he hired like the Texas Tech, like wide receivers coach or like wide receivers assistant. So um, I think that's, you know, where they're at. So they're not coming from, from a high place. And what do you I, think the Loeffler Google search would have been? Tom uh, Brady QB coach. Th- oh, yeah. There you Tom go. Brady QB coach. Because that three yard run up the middle. Yeah. But, Tom yeah. Brady QB coach. That, that'll do it. Um, but in comes originally your boy, Liam Cohen. We got excited about that for like 24 hours. And then he's like, you know what? Nah, like I'm cool being this like ginger nerd. I'm going to stay out in LA with Sean McVay. And by the way, after he did that, they had like the worst three offensive games that they had all season out in LA. So I did enjoy that. And right. we hold you also understand, on this program. You understand where he's coming from. Oh, no, right? I don't play him at all, obviously. His direct boss, Zach Taylor, is now the coach of the Dolphins. Yes. This, it would have been an idiotic move for him. Or no, that's Flores. He's going somewhere, right? I forget where he's going there, after the playoffs. You, it, it, and, and, you know, everyone makes this joke, but if you have even had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you're getting an interview for an NFL head coach. So smart of him to stay. Having said that, I am going to continue that grudge on Twitter. Um, I would Bengals. love to. He's going, he's going to the Bengals. Yeah. Okay. So so uh, Liam Cohen's going to be maybe not OC, but he's going to, you know, he's going to have his pick of the letter when it comes to jobs. You understand why you turned down the BC offer um, and we're better off for it at the end of the day. That's my take there. No, I completely agree with you. And we are better off for it because we actually got a great hire to come in. I think 
as this dragged on and it dragged on for a while without an offensive coordinator, I think it just felt more and more like we were just going to promote, you know, Brian White or, or someone else. And no disrespect to Brian White, no, by the absolutely way. absolutely not. Phenomenal he, Twitter he, follow. He, and he has a great resume. You know, he, he was instrumental back in the day at Michigan. He, he's been involved, heavily involved, or Wisconsin, maybe it is. He's been heavily involved in top programs. Um, and, and he'd be, you know, a great guy for the job. Just the fact of the matter is BC needs kind of an external hire at this point. Um, for obvious reasons, you know, our offense was pretty lackluster last year. Everyone agrees that's sort of the weak point of where we're at. Um, and we need someone that is pass heavy. We don't need a running backs coach. So, and that's exactly what we got. So I'm going to, a couple things here with, with Mike Bajakian. So I'm going to have a really hard time spelling Good and pronouncing. There. Is that what yeah. it is? I, I'm, yeah, I'm really it. worried about that. All right. That's great then. The spelling is still hard. It autocorrects to Bahamian, which, you know, again, is, is obviously not his name. I love his resume. <laughs> He coached up uh, your boy Dan LaFaver, uh at Central Michigan, who obviously had uh-huh. a tr- who had a tremendous uh, college career. Tennessee offensive coordinator. Their fans all seem to have you know good things to say about him. Nothing groundbreaking, but you know not Develop, like when you develop ask- Josh Dobbs, who. who- uh, you know, made it to the NFL as well. Yeah, and I think if you if you look at like SEC fans, like they they can be very critical on their head coaches. I mean, when we hired Adazio, Florida fans were like laughing at us for for how much they hated him. So the fact that he doesn't have a ton of negativity from Tennessee that is a huge you know green light for me. Uh, and then the NFL experience with Winston this year, coaching up a you know a, a great young quarterback in the NFL and leading a a very strong offense. So I think this is a, a phenomenal hire. I think it's very undaz like, but I am uh, I'm all here for it. And more importantly, Fitzmagic. You talk about the Bucks, right? Um, and say what you will about Jameis or, or whatever, but Tampa Bay led the led the NFL this year in passing yards and, and total passing offense. Um, so this guy knows what he's doing. He, he can develop QBs. Um, and he's got to be relieved to go from Jameis, who's just like the worst person on planet Earth, to going to a school like BC and, and you know, getting these student athletes that are not only good athletes, but, you know, actually pretty, pretty, got a pretty good head on their shoulders, too. Um, from, from a football standpoint, right? Just like you said, this is you know sort of exactly what the doctor ordered. We've said it one million times. All we need is someone with the ability to make defenses pay when they stack nine guys in the box against Dylan, um, and that's exactly what this guy can do. And, and no, no disrespect to Scott Loeffler, who you know, as we said, it, it has gone to to Bowling Green, but he was a below average offensive offensive coordinator. He, he just it's facts of facts. Um, he was below average in offensive efficiency. And, and just it seemed like for every great game plan we saw against, I don't know, Miami comes to mind, right? Louisville last year, um, which I don't know if it was even him or just more AJ Dillon uh, deciding he was going to be MVP of, of NCAA. We just saw way too many, you know, three and out game plans against the likes of Purdue, NC State, uh, first half Virginia Tech, list goes on. Uh, Florida State, same thing. So I think it's, it's a much needed change. Um, and from an X and O standpoint, I think it's the right move. You know, he, he runs a pro-style offense. I think it'll be heavily complementary to what Anthony Brown can do, but I think it'll add a sort of an RPO wrinkle. Uh, you know, assuming Brown can, you know, his ACL is fully healed by next year, which I think hopefully that's the timeline where, where it will. Um, if that was even the issue this year, who knows? Um, but even beyond that, I think we got a talented quarterback room and he'll find the right guys that will kind of complement his style of offense. And he's a, he's a proven high-level offensive coordinator at the, co- at the college level. Uh, has an eye for talent, can recruit, owns the state of New Jersey, as we said. So overall, I'm I'm thrilled. I was going to be thrilled with the hire no matter what. I was going to find a way to spin it. But it seems like ev- everyone else yep. also agrees with me, which is a nice uh, change of pace here, Matt. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, again, it, it, it like I said, it was very undaz-like, which uh, I think is good. It's good to mix things up when we've been you know relatively stagnant. And I think if you're an offensive coordinator, you have to be psyched 
coming in on day one and seeing A.J. Dillon in your locker room, Anthony Brown in your locker room, Sam Johnson third at your disposal for the next five years. Yeah, get this. You know, there's a lot of good things. Kobe White, I mean, this receiving core, there's a lot of good things going on on the offensive Jaquiz side. I think Jaquiz Rogers was Tampa Bay's best running back this year. They, they were like almost dead last in the NFL in total rushing yep. yards. So now he's got someone, you know, he's got A.J. Dillon, the best running back in college football, as opposed to, you know, dealing with defenses just keying in on the pass because they knew Tampa Bay was one-dimensional. He's got the opposite of that here. He's got nine guys in the box. He's got one-on-one downfield. He's got Kobe. He's got Anthony. He's got, you know, other talented guys in the QB room, as I said. He's got a lot to work with here, and I'm excited. It's almost like taking the donut off the bat for him, I think. Uh, you know, just with, with the talent that we have, uh, and it all starts with AJ, obviously, but, um, definitely exciting time and going into next year. I think we got a, a lot to prove, and I think he's the guy for the job. Yeah, I'm with you. I want to toss in a couple quick due to the weeks before we get into schedule talk. So, uh, I do want to quickly mention all of the guys going off to the draft. Uh, Zach Allen is, is, you know, I think certainly the, the biggest name, but, you know, Lindstrom's right there behind him. A number of guys are, are going to be trying their hand and hoping for, you know, day two or day three. And, and one of those special shout out to Ham Cheevers. Uh, him going pro is, Definitely unfortunate for us. The the Hampshire's Accords are finally leaving the house, uh, leaving the heights, but it is very well deserved, and you know definitely deserves a shout out for what was an incredible swan song uh, at alumni this past year. This guy was just awesome to watch, and yeah, it helps that the Hampshire's Accords caught on like wildfire throughout the course of the year. So big credit to me there, and uh, you can suck it because you hated that since day one, and I think that was kind of egg in your face. You know what's funny, Matt? I always liked it. I'm a history guy. I just didn't think it was going to catch on. And I think I think, oh, it, well, it I think we might have different definitions of, of catching on. I think people gave you the benefit <laughs> of the doubt when you, you tweeted at Camp. I like two likes. Yeah, I, I don't think it. anyone actually knows what the Camp David Decords are or how to tie it in to Hamp Cheevers. But but tell you what, it was it was a quick chapter. But he's one of my all time favorite Eagles. Uh, tell you what, so look for him in the pros. He's going to be picking off quarterbacks left and right. Um, he's going to become a household name. Hope the Pats get him. He'd be a great like six rounder or something. I don't know what he's projected, but we'd love to get him. Yeah, not that we need a lot of help on our secondary right now. It's looking. Uh, oh, looking imagine strong, him and Gilmore. Him and Gilmore throw Patrick Chung back there, McCordy. That's a stud secondary right there, Matt. Yeah, but it already is a stud secondary. Whatever. I, keep going. Uh, two other due to the week. So and and a special kind of a Twitter shout out here. Our guy Kobe White and Connor Strahan. So Kobe White got himself mixed up a little bit on Twitter this past week. So he. Barstool BC, I think, tweeted something to the effect of, you know, Tate Mar- Tathan Martell is his real name, which is absurd, entered into the transfer portal. Barstool BC tweeted something about, you know, we'd love to, uh, you know, whatever, the eye emoji. We'd love to see him on the heights. Kobe tweeted back, like, nah, like, we're good. We got Tony touchdowns. And then this absolute clown, uh, Herkman, some Iowa fan, which I don't even know how he sees this tweet, comes tweeting at Kobe Something along the lines of like, you need to grow up. You have no idea how reckless your comments are. What if Tathan wanted to come to BC and because of your comments, like you have no right to say, you know, as, as wide receiver one, you have no right to say who throws you the balls next year. Just an absolute absurd comment. And again, I guess Kobe didn't really do much for it there, but I had to bring it up because that was uh, absolute 10 out of 10 idiocy out of the uh, Twitter commenter sections there from IO. So we went back and forth with, with Herkman a little bit and we found a, a new enemy at least for a day, which was fun. Um, and then Connor Strahan. So he played his last game in the fake bowl game, came out swinging afterwards now that, you know, he's like done and hanging up the cleats as a BC athlete with, you know, tweets along the lines of like, these guys were worse than UMass. Like they were smiling when they left the locker room and they heard it was canceled because we would have, you know, beaten them by like 80 points. It's awesome to see 
players get normal now that they're like out of the program and tweet like you or I would after a couple cold ones. It's very relatable, very personable. So love Strahan um, and, and and hope to see more of it now that these guys, you know, continue to, uh, to head out. Yeah, of he probably heights. like graduated early and it was his last ever time, you know, lacing them up. He's like, all right, I'm, ta- right. I'm taking it off here. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, just speak what's on my mind. I don't care what's going on. It's great to, great to see that. Yep. And he's right. BC ran over those guys. We right. recapped it, but man, BC was going to beat those guys by a million. One more thing I wanted to bring up before we uh, close up shop here, Matt, is unless you had something else, I wanted to talk about the schedule that's hot off the presses. Official dude of the week, John Swafford, for scheduling an absolute electric AC schedule for the boys and the whole 2019 schedule in general. Well, I don't, Matt, I, I, I don't I got, see a loss on here, Matt. Well, don't don't spoil it. I got a very special uh, edition of Duteous Corpus regarding the strength of schedule. Oh, so we're bringing this in the courtroom. Let's go into the courtroom. Let's do it. Court is officially in session. All right, so I think the question is, you know, uh, basically what are our thoughts on the schedule? Good schedule, bad schedule. So I'm completely with you. I think this is a lightning rod of a schedule. Starting with a ACC marquee game, it's probably going to be a night game because the ACC network is going to want to roll out, uh, you know, the night game for week one. And we're the one of two ACC games on that Saturday, conference games, I guess, on on that Saturday. And then I guess on a side note there, we're going to have many more night games this year because of the ACC network and in the years to come. So that's great news. But I'm so excited about that Saturday, hopefully night against against uh, Hopefully not night. I had a wedding that day. That sounds that's like Labor, a That's Labor Day weekend, right? Yep. Yeah. I would just, if you could squeeze it in between the ceremony and the, uh, whatever it's called, uh, reception, is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Like a four o'clock, depending. I don't. Okay. You know, I don't know the logistics. But I'm going to root yeah. for a night game. Okay. Um, so and then you know whatever you can follow it on Twitter. But Speaking of weddings, man, it actually worked out well scheduling wise. Uh, you and I are both going to be in Italy for a wedding October twelfth. Yes. Not not to each other, by the way. Correct. Um, someone else is getting married um, during the bye week. So so that worked out great. For yeah, us. that was that was a nice that was a nice treat. I, I, I wasn't that I wasn't as well. looking forward to trying to convince the Italian uh, bartenders to throw real American football on. Yeah, I think we would have. Yeah, we would have. We would have definitely put our, uh, our our Americanness in their face there, and that might not have gone over so well. But, yeah. anyways, I think we have a tremendous opportunity to start seven and zero. Very similar to last year's schedule. I think we all looked at that and said the same thing. You know, going into Clemson, we we felt very it's like a good redo. about it. It honestly is right. Like I think that our out of conference games for the Power Five are easier than Purdue was. Kansas and Rutgers. I think those are both pretty inexcusable losses, even with less miles taking over. Um, and then I think. You know, if you go to the ACC games, Vatek is is obviously going to be tougher than they were last year because they will be healthy and and they weren't they were horrible this past year. Wake Forest at home to me that should be an absolute no brainer win. Louisville is going to be horrendous again, and then really the test is NC State, who for the last two years I think we've been the better team than we've just played terribly. So I, I'm really excited to get a shot at them at home, but. To me, I look at those first seven and I feel really, really, really good about really all seven. I don't think we'll be any more at any point than a three-point underdog. I think maybe Vatek will be a slight favorite, but that's about it. Yeah, I'm with you. Vitek, they get back uh, Josh Jackson, right? Yep. Who, who smoked us the year before last. But he got banged up. I don't know if it was an, it was some type of leg injury, right? It might have been a broken yeah, it was, leg. Yeah, it was a broken leg. And against Old Dominion, yep. right? Yeah. So. But but you're right. We kind of had our way with them uh, last year. It was a two possession uh, victory last year, right in in Blacksburg. So mm-hmm. I I mean I don't know. We got all summer to prepare for them. They don't know how to game plan for us. We got the new offensive coordinator and a healthy I, AJ I lo- Dillon, by the way. 
I, exactly. I like our chances in that one. And then the only other toss-up to me is NC State, but they lose Finley. Right. They also lose Kelvin Harmon, their top receiver. So I don't see a loss on this schedule, and I say this every year, but I don't see a loss in this schedule prior to Clemson. I just I don't see it. We probably will lose one, kind of a, the, the annual w, WTF game, you know, the, the equivalent of Purdue. I just I don't know what that's gonna be though. I just I yeah. don't see it. Maybe Wake Wake always plays us tight. So I'm with you. I I think I think five and two is the bare minimum, and I think five and two I'd be disappointed at. Um, yeah. Six and one I would take again because I think I think it, it's kind of unreasonable to expect us to not have one uh, you know complete fuck up somewhere. Uh, but I'm with you. I think seven and zero oh is is the goal there. I'll say that the Vatek game is tremendously important. Maybe the most important home opener we've ever had. Um, which is obviously a big statement, but at least in the last decade, because that's going to completely set the tone for the you know remainder of of the year. And again, a win there sets us up tremendously, and a loss there is a huge setback. But what, so everyone really, remembers the last time we played a conference game to, for the opener, right? It was Georgia Tech in Ireland. Yeah, and it was the same type of deal. It's all right. This 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 game's going to set the tone, and uh, unfortunately, it, it did. Uh, but it's the same deal. We beat Vatek. Sky's the limit for this team. And I'll tell you what, here's the other thing, Matt. Everyone's making out the last five games to be a murderer's row. I don't know that I see it. I think, what, four are on the road, which I, I get. I mean, that's but never... Five out of the last seven are on the road, right. which is yeah. not great. Isn't it four the last five? Might be. But yes. you look you look at the quality of the opponents. Clemson, fine. We get it. We'll chalk that up as a probable loss, although they lose their entire defense, but I won't, I won't get crazy yeah, that, yet. We're going to call that a loss. Yeah. And you have Notre Dame, right, who was exposed pretty badly, but... Um, you know, that's still a pretty good Clemson. squad. And yeah, yeah. And they, you know, their quarterback looks pretty good. Ian Book, stupidest name of all time. Um, so we've even chalked those two up as, as possible losses. Although at Notre Dame, it's, it's our bye week right before, right? We know what Stevie does with a, with a bye week in his, in his hand. So yeah. So, so that was my other point too. I love the placement of the bye weeks. We obviously have two this year, um, because it's, you know, one of those weird years where there's 14 weeks in the in the season so two bye weeks one is smack dab in the center right after our sixth game which then leads us into our hardest out of those first seven arguably nc state so i love that placement there and then that kind of rests us up for the you know the back stretch and then we have one in the middle of that back half right before notre dame so i am thrilled with the bye placements you know i, I think you could make a, a a negative case about like we have a home field advantage of playing in boston in the you know early winter so it would be great to have these southern teams come up north which we get with florida state so it's a little frustrating to have so much of it you know at home in the in the first half of it but you know i i guess you can't complain about about everything and yeah. you know i'll i'll gladly take 7 and 0 Going down to Clemson with like a huge game, top fifteen Ooh, game. game, game day again nah, in Death Valley. That would be nice, but I think there Clemson has a, a number of different game day options uh, this year. But we'll see. I guess who knows? But you know, I'll take that every day of the week, uh, having a shot at that rather than having it be the other way of like, look, if we're, we're lucky to come out of the first seven, you know, two and five, for example. Right. And just to close it out, so that the final three we haven't talked about are, and I grew them together because I think people are scared of these teams, and I don't really buy the hype. So Syracuse without Dungy. I get mm-hmm. it's it's at Syracuse, right? Which we don't we don't win all that often. Although we smoked them without Dungy, uh, what twenty seventeen? Yeah, two years yeah. Ago. Darius Wade smoked them. So just saying, uh, the core is still out on Babers. We'll we'll well, we'll see what happens without Dungy. Uh, Florida State was was obviously such a fluke. Uh, they don't scare me yet. Taggart, you know, they were, went five and seven last year. We'll see if he gets his shit together. And then uh, and then Pitt at Pitt to close out the year. Matt, they went seven and seven last no, I agree. year Pitt's not in, the great. Coastal, in the coastal. I hear you. And, I hear you. And they lose their top two, like two headed running back attack, Quadri Olson and yep. some other guy. Uh, so I think they're going to take a step back too, and I don't think they were that good to begin with, uh, especially based on how they, you know, 
kind of wilted against Clemson in the ACC championship. So I don't know, man. We'll, we'll save our predictions for uh, for I guess later on in the summer once the football uh, talk heats heats back up. But I, I don't see more than maximum three losses on this schedule. I feel really good. I, assuming healthy Dillon and assuming this OC is everything he's uh, cracked yeah. up to be here. No, I'm with you. I'm with you 100. percent I think it's the opportunity is there for an incredibly special year. Just kind of one of those questions of whether or not we actually. Uh, can live up to that hype. I think we said the same thing coming into this past year as well. And I think we know how that ended. So the rational part of me is going to want to predict seven wins, but I think that's just impossible looking at, at this schedule. So with that, I'm going to officially declare, no, not declare. I'm going to officially as a juror, I'm going to find this schedule. Um, I'm going to find this schedule favorable. If that's a ruling I can make. Uh, yeah. I think I think that's that work? a good, good way to sum it up. I, kinda, yeah. I think I think we, I think it's, you and I, I think you and I both, little, I think you and I both kind of forgot we were in the courtroom here. I think <laughs> I think uh, we we did it all tied together as, as tight as we normally do, but that's okay. Uh, Court overall. is adjourned on that note. Beautiful. Uh, again, so this episode has been a little bit all over the map. There was a lot to cover since yeah, the last jam- time. It was absolutely jam packed, Matt. It, it was about- more jam packed than I thought. I thought this was going to be much shorter. So if you stuck with it the whole way. We appreciate you guys very much. There is no off season in podcasting. I guess that's what they say. Well, we, this is what happened. we take. We take two months off, and and now there's you know hours that we need to get through. So right. appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us here. Uh, as always, continue to follow us on Twitter. That's kind of where everything is going on. Uh, all of our kind of random thoughts that you're not normally getting on the podcast or in the off season. So uh, keep following us on Twitter, Instagram. I guess we're going to try to get into. Who knows? Don't. I'm not going to promise you. I don't know how that Instagram really works, Matt. And then again, follow our guys over at Eagle Insiders for uh, for you know all of your all of your serious and, and hard hitting analysis on the on the recruiting side of things. They get some great interviews, especially around draft season. They're going to have a lot of good stuff coming up. So. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and. Uh- uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Well, you got to close it out with the normal line, and things are actually looking up now. I'm actually positive on the football side of things. All right. It's always a great day to be a dude. If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.